taking it, I'm not saying what it was, I'm saying, I'm saying what it is now. He's, he's taking us to a place where we are coming together to reach the nations in the triangle and around the world. So we're so excited about that. So guys, would you welcome Marty Childers real quick as he comes to share. Good morning. Good morning. Yo quiero predicar en español. I want to speak, I want to preach in Spanish. Uh, man, that was awesome. I, I don't know if you guys know how amazing your church is. I hope you do. I hope you do. And I'm not going to say go to another church and compare it. I don't want to. I want to do that. But um, God uses a lot of different kinds of churches in a lot of different ways. But this church is very special. And uh, thank you, Lawrence, for, for that introduction. But really, it was not my idea. It was God's idea. Um, and so uh, I'm just thankful that he allows me to, to be a part of that. Uh, good morning. It's, it's good to be here. You know, I, Josh made the comment that they, they took this picture and made it to identify with my age, I guess. I don't know. Uh, um, how many of you have never used a payphone? I know there's some of you who've never used a payphone. Okay, okay, that's good. That's good. All right, and and hopefully you don't ever have to again, right? But uh, maybe maybe it will be a, a time that, that you need to use that. It's an honor to be with you here this morning. I wanna I wanna thank uh, the pastors for the invitation. I've had a, a a chance to get to know Lawrence and Josh and the elders of the church a little bit, and um, I I just am so glad to be here today. Uh, how was the mission conference? How many of you were able to to be a part of it to some degree? All right, good, good. Um, that's another special thing about your church. It is a missions church, as, as my sister just prayed. And I pray that it will continue to grow as a missions church. You haven't gotten there yet, okay? I'm not trying to be bad, but there's more to come. The best is yet to come, right? And so I, I am so thankful to be here today. I'm going to take one minute to kind of uh, just make a, a promotion here. Is this thing working? I don't know if I click it on. So wherever I go, just point, and there you go. So this is my, uh, my promotion. We talked about the YBA, Yates Baptist Association. We are 70-plus uh, churches in the Durham-Chapel Hill area. Tonight, we're actually having a service called Kingdom Celebration. It's going to look a lot like this. We'll have flags around. We'll have different languages that will be spoken. Uh, we have an uh, African choir that's going to sing some specials for us. And uh, we have uh, just, just a lot of different things. But we're trying to learn to worship together so that we can also share the gospel together. Uh, and so I uh, just want to invite you to that. I'm going I'm to jump on out here, though. Jesus calls. Are you listening? That's kind of the, the message for today. Are you listening? And maybe you're asking, what is your part in all of this? What is your part? Hopefully this weekend you've, you've gotten some ideas. Some of you were not able to come. And, and maybe you're asking, what is your part? I, I hope that you will have a, a better idea of what your role is uh, in the future. Um, I, I do want to uh, share the, the verse there and, uh, that my sister read in Portuguese. Isn't Portuguese beautiful? So I have a daughter-in-law who speaks Portuguese. My, my son speaks Portuguese. Uh, and so we have a Brazilian daughter-in-law. We have a Bolivian daughter-in-law. Uh, my wife, Melissa, and I were, were fortunate to serve for uh, 27 years with the International Mission Board. Most of that in Bolivia, uh, some in Costa Rica and Mexico. But we love, we love missions. But you know who loves missions more than we do? Jesus. 
God loves missions. It, it's his idea. It's his idea. So I want to I share the verse there with you. If you have your Bibles, you may want to look at there uh, on your phone or your tablet, Matthew 3, 13 to 14. And he, he is Jesus. Jesus went up on the mountain and called to him those that he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach and have authority over demons. Let's pray. Father, I just pray right now that you would use me, that you would speak your truth. And even in spite of, of my language and my tongue and, and my mind, in spite of me, will you speak and will we open our ears and our hearts and our minds to hear. And as it was prayed just a few moments ago, would your word be planted in our hearts, but not just stay there. Would your word be planted in a way that it would grow to fruit that would affect our feet and our hands that it would send us places and it would use us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, some of you, some folks were looking at me this morning. I want to apologize. I have a, an eye infection. I've heard it's not uh, contagious, so, so don't worry. I'm, I've got some drops I'm putting in there. And, but it reminds me of a story I heard of a pastor who apologized for having a Band-Aid on his face. Have you heard this? If you have, just act like you have it. So the, the, the pastor got up and he said, I, I'm sorry, you know, I've got this. I, I, was, I was actually shaving this morning. I was thinking about my sermon and, and I cut my face. And so I had to put this Band-Aid on here. And so, you know, I just want to relieve you of that, relieve you of that. So, so someone in the offering put a little note and said, tell the pastor next time he's shaving to think about his face and cut his sermon. So, <laughs> so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to do I'm going to try to do my best today to, to keep it succinct. My wife always says, leave them wanting more, right? <laughs> Don't give them more than they want. But there's a lot happening here. If you have your Bibles and, and, and you look there, there's a lot happening in Mark chapter 3. I'm not going to, do, I'm not going to read the whole uh, chapter. I'm not going to go back. But I, I do want to point out some of the things that are happening. The religious leaders here were looking to accuse Jesus and then to kill him, you'll see that in the first few verses. You have the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, guys who didn't really like each other, but they came together for the common good of trying to destroy Jesus. You see also later on, verses 11 and 12, that, that even the demons recognize Jesus for who he is. That's important. <laughs> this is not just a one-time thing. This happens at least five or six times in the New Testament where a demon or demons said, you are the one true God. The demons recognized him for who he was, even if the religious people didn't. That's pretty big. You see also there, um, in the middle of that, verses 13 and 14, what we read, in the middle of all this confusion, people not knowing who Jesus is, demons recognizing who, who he is, he calls his 12. We'll get back to that. And then we see also Jesus' own family didn't even understand what was going on. If you look down, verse 21, they, they accused him of, of maybe being out of his mind, of kind of losing it. They weren't sure what was going on. His, his own family wasn't sure what was happening. It was a time of a lot of confusion. Teachers of the law accused Jesus of being possessed. They even said possessed by Beelzebub, one of the demons. And Jesus explains, and this is really crucial for me, Jesus explains that a kingdom divided against itself is a kingdom that cannot stand. What Lawrence said about the, the association, the network of churches that we work with, my desire is that we will fall at the cross, that we will fall at the throne of Jesus and we will cry out, use us, and we will throw away everything that separates us, that divides us, because there's a lot. 
We have diversity in theology. We have diversity in, in ethnicity. This is a beautiful church because I see lots of color here. <laughs> but unfortunately, many of our churches are one color or the other. Many of our churches are, are one ethnicity. Many of our churches are people like me, North Carolina rednecks. That's my people group. I, I, you know, I have to admit who I am, right? Many of our churches are, are uh, intellectual, high church. And so we have a little bit of everything, but God has said, let's come together to extend and expand the kingdom of God. And that is my desire. But as we see in the scripture, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. But right in the middle of all that, it doesn't matter what's going on. Just like today, it's a confused world. Jesus calls his 12. Just like today, there's a lot going on. Maybe some of you are having trouble with your mortgage. Maybe some of you are, are, are knocking it out of the park financially. Maybe some of you are having problems with family. Maybe some of you are having problems in, in the job. Maybe some of you are having problems in your marriage. Whatever, there's a lot going on. In the midst of that, Jesus is calling. I believe, and, and maybe I'm just old, I, I did use a payphone, but I do believe that God is calling, and he's calling churches to be on mission with him, but he's also calling individuals. He's calling you. He's calling me. He's calling each of us to do something different every day. I don't know if I'm doing something. I've got a little bit of feedback, but that's okay. I get excited and I get feedback, right? I want to get more feedback from you guys, so that's good. Um, so I, I, I got excited and I forgot to... Go on here. Do you know this is the gospel truth? More people today have access to Coca-Cola than they do Jesus Christ. In Bolivia, I, I got uh, on an airplane and I flew. And then I got on a small airplane and I flew again. And then I got in a Jeep and I drove for about six hours. And then I got in a canoe and I went down this river. And then we got out and we walked for three hours to this little village out in the middle of nowhere when I believe that the Great Commission says to the ends of the earth I thought I was there and I thought man we're taking the gospel for the first time to this place and we got there and there was a sign drink coca-cola <laughs> now it's funny but it's not funny it's funny but it's not funny and what is not funny also is there are people in those extreme corners who have not heard there are people in your neighborhood who have not heard Um, I'll try not to get too excited. Uh, you probably can't read that, and I realize that's really small, but that is the International Mission Board annual statistical report, and it tells how many people heard the gospel, over a million people. It tells about how many new believers. I think it's 87,000. How many people were baptized? 45,000. Those are great numbers in, in, in over 180 countries around the world. That is great, but you know what? It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not even close to enough. So the question is again, what is your piece of the puzzle? Where is your piece of the puzzle? What's it look like? Um, just really briefly, just to kind of show you, um, there was a day I was younger, right? 1988, we were sent out. How many of you were not born in 1988? I, I got to ask. Okay, there's, this is awesome. That's great. I love that. I love that. So 1988, you see that? Curly-headed lady, that was my wife back then. She, what happened to the curl? I don't know. Okay. We, we can't afford perms. That's what it is. So. Um, two, little, two little, as they say here in North Carolina, toe-heads, blonde-headed children. Uh, we left. 
We lived in Bolivia, that was the interstate. <laughs> we lived in Mexico, that is Popocatepetl, one of the uh, largest uh, volcanoes in North America, and, and we used to get ash that would come over, uh, and uh, it was awesome. And um, so you had to clean it up, right, Melissa? Um, so, so that's a little bit about, about kind of where we have lived. But I want to share a statement with you. This statement is a statement that I try to remember every day. And I want to share this with you. Lostness should impact everything that I do so that everything I do impacts lostness. Does that make sense? Think about that. <laughs> now, somebody, I, I showed this one place and there was an English teacher who came up after and said, you know, lostness is really not a word. Well, let's just get over that. Somebody was, I don't know, maybe it is now, I don't know. But in the church, it has to be a word. The condition of being lost should impact everything we do so that everything we do impacts. What do I mean? Going to the store, the way I go to the store should impact lostness. Going to the soccer field, the way I go to the field, the way that I, that I scream out for my son. I got a yellow card once in the stand calling out for my son. So, okay, I know what that's like, okay? Everything I do should impact lostness. We've got to think that way. We've got to, we've got to transform our minds. We, we need to think in a different way. There's, there's so much that, I, that I, want to, I want to share with you, but I'm, I'm going to try to jump in here. 13 and 14, as you saw those verses, it's very simple. Jesus called to him those that he wanted. And they came to him. I always found it interesting. It doesn't say Jesus called them and they came. But it says he called to him and they came to him. It repeats that twice. To him, to him. It's important to go to Jesus. Okay? It's important for you to come to church. It's important for you to, to listen to your pastors. That's important, but it's more important to go to Jesus. Okay? Every day, every morning, every night, some way, somehow, you need to have that time with him. But it's important. He called to him, but there was a purpose in that. It was not just arbitrary. I'm just going to call people to me. He called them, and, and, and I love it. So It says, so that he could send them out, what's it say? To preach. Now, we get scared of that word preach, right? How many of you have ever preached? Okay, now we got, oh, some people are like this, some people are like Okay. The word preach here really means proclaim. How many of you have ever proclaimed? Okay, there you go. Now, I, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, but if you didn't raise your hand, you need to learn to raise your hand. We need to be a people of, who are proclaiming. We need to be people who are sharing. Really, all that means is, you know, I, I love 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. It basically is talking about teaching others to teach others to teach others and, and basically teaching them to tell what happened in your life. Telling them what's happened. I want to, tell you, with you, I want to share with you four misconceptions about missions, okay? Four lies from Satan, if you will. But before I do that, let me, let me talk about the call just a little bit more. Here in verse 14, it, 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 it's, it's a pattern. Jesus calls people to himself. Think about Adam and Eve, you remember? It says Jesus walked with them. He called them in the garden. He called Abraham to leave his country and to leave his people and to leave everything and to trust him. He called Moses through the burning bush. 
He called prophets in many different ways to follow him and lead him and speak the truth in places where they did not want to hear it. He called the shepherds through the angels, remember? To go and see the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. I love that. Where do we use swaddling anywhere else? That's swaddling clothes. But, but, but he used angels to call people to see him. God is always calling us to come to him. God is always calling us to come to Jesus. And I think that's, that's why it's so important that we go to him. That's why you're here this morning. To come to him so that you can be filled, so that you can receive something. But not just to come and receive something, but to come and leave with something so that you can proclaim it out there. Amen? You don't get too many amens on that, right? We like coming to church, but when we talk about going, we've all seen, maybe you haven't. I've seen a number of churches that, and I love this, they put on the back door, on the side doors, now entering the mission field. The mission field is not just in China or South Africa or, or Latin America. It is Durham, Chapel Hill. I want to share with you really briefly about four lies about missions. Number one, God will not send innocent people to hell. You ever heard that? I talked with a, with a young man the other day who's, who's actually studying at one of the universities here. I won't say which one because I know I'll get in trouble, but said in one of the local universities, and, and, and he said, well, what do you think, how, how, can, how, can a, a, how can God send innocent people to hell? God, let me just tell you this, God will not send innocent people to hell. The problem is there are no innocent people. Okay? The Bible tells us that we have all fallen short. The Bible tells us that we are all sinners. In fact, when I introduce myself, that should be the first thing that I always say. I am a sinner saved by grace. There are no innocent people. I, I, I've been to some places that, like I told you, it seemed like it's way off the beaten path. And there is some idea, some concept, some inkling of God in those places. They look up and they see the sun. They worship the sun because they don't know the one who created the sun. God will not send innocent people to hell because there are no innocent people. Number two, and this is kind of interesting, I think it's uh, St. Francis of Assisi who's, who's quoted as saying, preach the gospel, use words when necessary. By the way, it has never been proven that he really said that. And, and I hear a lot, and, 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 and I apologize if I'm going to offend anybody, but the gospel is offensive, so here we go. A lot of people under 40 years old today talk about missions in ways of social. And I think we've got to. God, God has instructed us to reach out to the orphans, to reach out to, to foster children. God has instructed us to take care of widows. God has instructed us to take care of those. But when he says that he called them to him so that he might send them out, he didn't say so that he would send them out to meet needs of people. He said, so that they can proclaim the gospel. It is not either or, it's both. Does that make sense? But so many people, in fact, I talked with a guy a couple years ago, and he said, no, but, but if, if we just do good things for people, they'll know about Jesus. How will they know if we don't tell them? We have to reach out. 
and be the hands of Jesus, but we also have to open up our mouth and share his word. So a lie from Satan is use words if necessary. Let me tell you, it is necessary. It is necessary, okay? Number three, people used to tell Melissa and I all the time, we could never do what you do. We could never have done that. We could have never left our family and, and left our friends. And, and I remember in 1988, we were getting ready to leave and, and we had two kids. Our, our, oldest was, our oldest was two, our youngest was nine months old when we left. And somebody came and asked us, they said, are you gonna take your children with you? I said, no, I'm gonna leave them with you. So yes, we're gonna take our children with them. And people always say, but, but your kids missed out on so much. No, they didn't. They gained so much more. They have a, a much wider view of the world. People say, I can never do what you did. If God calls you to go on a one-week trip to West Africa, he will give you what you need. And I'm pretty sure that Josh will do everything he can to prepare you as well, right? If he calls you to go to Latin America on a one-week trip, he'll prepare you for that. If he calls you to cross the street and talk to your neighbor, he will give you the words to say. And maybe, and I don't think maybe, I think surely <laughs> he is calling some of you here not just to go on a week trip, but he's calling some of you to give your life. And maybe you're saying, I could never do that. God wants to use, let me remind you what it says in 1 Corinthians, God wants to use the weak to confound the wise. So maybe in your saying, I could not do that, you're actually saying, I'm number one candidate, okay? You can. And then another lie, and actually this is the, the last lie, and I'm sorry, because I think Josh may have said this earlier. I've said this myself many times. This is a clarification. A lie from Satan, we're all missionaries. You say, Pastor, what are you saying? <laughs> Lawrence has got, got, he wants to come up and correct me really quick. <laughs> Let me just say this. I believe we are all called, as, a Christ, as Christ followers, we are all called to be missionaries. I could, I could have driven up this morning on a, on a John Deere tractor. I could have worn overalls and come in with a straw hat and told you that I'm a farmer. But I'm not a farmer until I do what? To a farm. You're not a missionary until you mish. Okay? What does that mean? To be a missionary is to proclaim God's word. Say that. To be a missionary is to proclaim God's word. Many times we think, I could never do that. All you have to do is listen. Ask God ask his Holy Spirit to help you be a better listener and to listen and listen to what people are telling you and when you hear God say speak into that then you share your story you share what God did with you 20 years ago or 20 minutes ago but you share the problem is well I'm not gonna go there sometimes I use yeah we have too many who are missing in action but anyway okay so um, but it's true is it not true? Jesus said, the fields are white unto harvest, but the laborers are just too many. Is that what he said? What did he say? Why are they too few? Look to your right. Look to your left. Look at all these laborers. God is calling. God is calling. Are you listening? 
We together must finish the task, but what is your part? I want to ask you, I'm going to give you some homework. Will you go home and will you pray this week that God will show you what your part is right now? Now, because he gives you a part right now, that doesn't mean that's your part forever. When we left in 1988, I thought we were going to spend 40 years in Bolivia. I wanted to spend 40 years in Bolivia, but God called us away. And God brought us back to Durham. I don't know why. Yes, I do. To get to know people like you. And to get to challenge people like you to be on mission for him. Will you pray this week, what is your part? What's it going to look like? One of my favorite stories is, is told about a telegraph operator. Those of you under 40, you can Google that. Telegraph, okay? Maybe you've seen in the Western movies, you know, that the, they'll come in and, 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 you know, I don't know, uh, John Wayne or somebody comes in and he says, send this, you know, send a wire. Everybody was standing around. He goes into the office. Actually, he opens the door and he sees all that and he says, you know what, I don't have a chance. He starts to leave, and just as he starts to close the door, he stops. He goes back in, he closes the door, he goes over to the manager's door, doesn't even knock, opens the door, and goes in. And all the people who are sitting there is like, who does this guy think he is? And, and one guy punched the guy next to him and said, just wait a minute, surely the managers are going to come throw him out. And sure enough, in about a minute, the manager came out, but he had his arm around the young man. And he said, all you guys can go, the job's been filled. And they were angry. They said, what do you mean? We were here. He was the last one in here. What do you mean? We're, we're here. He said, wait, you're here for the telegraph operator job, right? Yes. You know Morse code? Yes. You understand how to translate? Yes. He said, since 8 o'clock, I've been on the other side of that wall, tapping out the message. If you understand this message, don't knock, walk through the door, the job is yours. <laughs> he was the first one to come through. Jesus called those that he wanted to him so that they might be with him, so that he might send them out. Jesus is calling. Are you listening? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for its passion for, for the gospel. And that passion for the gospel gives him a passion for internationals and refugees and for missions and for foster children, for children that need to be adopted, and, and he gives them so many passions, but it all comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Father, I pray right now that that gospel, that that message that we have shared this morning, that you call us to you so that you might send us out. Father, I pray even now that you might be calling someone. But, Father, more than that, because I know for certain that you are calling, my prayer is that we will hear and that we will obey. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.